I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about hip hop's year in review for 2021. And if we got an amazing panel to really break it all down for us, the hits, those we lost, and also what lies ahead as we go into this new year and this whole new era in our lives and in our culture. Joining me for this conversation, Carl Lamar. He's the uh, hip hop editor for Billboard magazine. He's also the co-host of Billboard Live on Sirius XM. Carl, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Rob Markman. He's the VP for content strategy at Genius, also an artist himself and culture commentator for a long, long time. Rob, great to have you with us. It's always a pleasure, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You do win the best background award for today. <laughs> I got to win. And the lights and the whole thing. I'm just getting in the holiday mood looking at it. All right. <laughs> also joining us is Amadeus, multi-platinum music producer, and he's author of the new children's book, The Story of Amadeus. Amadeus, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa, and I appreciate being on this panel with these amazing kings. Thank you for having me all. I know, it's like the three kings right here on Street Soul. Yeah, you already know. Hip-hop kings, here we go. All right. Absolutely. Definitely. So, um, Carl, I want to start with you. You interview a lot of artists. You listen to all the music. You are out there in the middle of everything, just as it's really breaking, you know, breaking new ground. But what do you see when you look at the landscape of the biggest hits of 2021 and the biggest artists? Yeah, I mean, I don't think for a while we had a real heavyweight bout. First thing that comes to mind, I mean, hey, Drake, Kanye West, right? Like, this is probably the biggest publicized feud. I'm talking like this is on some WWE style uh, uh, <laughs> kind of feud we had. It kind of been going back and forth for years. And then, you know, with Kanye coming through and releasing his temp studio album, Donda, 27 tracks he did. Uh, three big listening parties, two of them in Atlanta. Um, it really set the stage for like a real bout. Um, and then with Drake coming with his solo album, Certified Lover Boy, we already know the kind of giant Drake is when it comes to streaming. So we were kind of anticipating that that 50 Kanye 2007 battle when it was Curtis and graduation. Those dates didn't line up. It still, you know, produced a lot of fanfare, a lot of conversation. Um, and they both were able to get number one albums to now where we're in a place where that feud is now in a peaceful area. You know, these guys are going to be doing a benefit concert uh, in honor of uh, Larry Hoover um, and to promote prison reform and uh, draw awareness for, for him. So just to see that roller coaster, you know, and what was a big mega feud to now these guys, you know, standing in arms, it, it has to be a, a highlight for 2021. Like one of the biggest moments, Rob. What about for you? Like the biggest, you know, the biggest songs and and some of the biggest artists that you see we really paid attention to this year. Yeah, you know, really with the sound, I feel like hip hop has leaned more so than ever into the pop lane, right? Like we we always talk about hip hop being pop music because hip hop is popular, but the sound really lent itself to that too. You know, Carl was talking about Drake, Certified Lover Boy. Way too sexy hitting a number one single. I'm not going to lie. I'm more of like an old school guy. So when I heard that sample and I heard Right Said Fred and I was like, there's no way this is going to work. And then you saw the video and you saw the fanfare and, and it hit number one on Billboard. Um, so, you know, kudos to Drake and, and Future and Thug for that. It was more pop leaning. You know, you also take an artist like Doja Cat, who personally I consider 
a, a hip hop artist. I know in the Grammy, she was nominated for album of the year for Planet Her, and she was nominated in, in the pop category, but that girl could rap. She can sing, she, she can produce too, like she is so talented, but you think of a record like her and SZA, Kiss Me More, again, I, I'm like, these are lanes that traditionally like Katy Perry would occupy. Right. And, and, and here hip hop is, and you know, I, I think about also, I think the emergence of Little Nas X says a lot too. I, again, I embrace him as hip hop. I think he has tremendous pop sensibilities as well, but industry baby, you know, hitting number one. Um, and that dude really in so many ways, not just sonically, but just in terms of what an LGBTQ artist or a gay artist in hip hop can be is really stretching the limitations and raising the roof that we traditionally put, put on hip hop. Um, Polo G, rap star, another one. Polo G, like a Chicago a street artist and rap star had such a friendly sound. Coil Array, No More Parties. I think, you know, hip hop really like leaned into this pop sound. And, and there's a part of me that, that is scared by that because hip hop is ours. I don't want it to be everybody else's, but it, it is dope to see these artists have global success. Amadeus, what about some of the women artists? Because we've been talking, to, you know, we keep hearing about Megan, Cardi had a big breakthrough. What do you think about the the female artists this year? Rob, yeah, Rob uh, mentioned Koi. He mentioned uh, Doja Cat. Yeah, I was you know? absolutely going to mention Doja Cat. She's huge right now. You know, I have an eight-year-old baby girl, and, and my princess loves Doja Cat. And to see her success, and like Rob said, she's definitely a hip-hop artist. But, you know, I think she's an artist that's kind of able to do all things and, and create all different types of sounds, which is why she wins, because she has something that can resonate with everyone. Uh, her, her is on fire right now, just kind of giving us that real raw R&B soulful sound. She's a musician, she's a guitarist. Um, my best friend and guitarist and brother from the Trey Songs experience is actually her guitarist, Ricky Strings, that performs with her. So just to see her win the, the amount of Grammys and, and, and perform on like the Hall of Fames and stuff like that is, is definitely amazing to see. And you mentioned Megan Thee Stallion, you mentioned you know, Cardi B, Cardi B going diamond, you know what I'm saying? And just, you know, just, just, just creating all kinds of opportunities and kicking down doors, you know, for the women. And I, and I, and I have to, she's been, you know, a little quiet, but I have to give love to Nicki Minaj. Today's her birthday. Yes. And she's opened up so many doors for a lot of these young, amazing Queens to do what they do. So I definitely had to pay it forward and shout out, you know, to Nicki right. Minaj. And she really came, she really set the, set the bar in a lot of ways. I kind of, absolutely. I kind of wanted to piggyback off Amadeus. I think one lady that has been really putting on for the hip hop community is Sweetie. You know, she yes. really has been bubbling and has what, I think three top 40 hits. She and Doja Cat, they teamed up on Best Friend that peaked at number 14. And she even, you know, carted her way to two Grammy nominations this year, you know, for Best New Artist. And I believe it's a uh, Best Rap Song with Best Friend. So to me, you know, when you think of female hip hop rappers, obviously we already know it's Megan, Cardi, Nicki, but I think, you know, we'd be remiss to not mention the emergence of Sweetie. I think she's really an all-star caliber. No, definitely. Absolutely. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're going to continue talking about our hip hop year in review 2021 when we come back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our 2021 hip-hop year in review. We're talking with Carl Lamar. He's the hip-hop editor for Billboard, and he's also the co-host of Billboard Live on Sirius XM. Carl, great to have you with us for this. 
Okay. Hey, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Also joining us, Rob Markman. He's the VP for content strategy for Genius, also an artist himself and culture commentator for a long, long time throughout all the evolutions, various evolutions of hip hop. Rob, great to have you with us. Always excited to talk to you, Lisa. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also joining us is Amadeus, multi-platinum music producer. He's worked with some of the biggest names in the business from Chris Brown to J-Lo to Trey Songs to many, many different artists. And he's also the author of a new book that's called The Story of Amadeus. <laughs> it's a children's book. And um, yes, that's him with the, the big headphones on there on the cover to, in, to inspire kids. Amadeus, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Always a pleasure, honored to be here to end the year of right with you on Street Soldiers. Thank you. Thank you so much. Rob, um, this year we lost some of our biggest names and some people who had a really big impact in hip hop. And I, I think the, the biggest was obviously DMX. May you rest in peace and our condolences to his, to his family and, and to his fans, you know, who took his loss very, very personally. Where do you see him in terms of the whole hip hop pantheon of stars? Because a lot of people, it became a mainstream news story too, with the, you know, with, with the, the funeral, with the memorial services, it just be the whole saga of the la that tragic last week of his death. All of that became a very difficult, uh, you know, people were living through that as if it was, he was a family member. Why do you think he touched fans in such a visceral way? Well, Earl Simmons, AKA DMS, he was a one-of-one. -one. Uh, I, I think he touched people. There was so much pain in his life that he documented on, on his record. And, and, you know, he let it out in a very aggressive way, obviously, you know, barking like a dog. Like if you're just listening on the surface, it's barking like a dog, it's screaming, it's, it's this aggression. But when you really listen to DMX, it is so spiritual. His music from, from as dark as hell is hot all the way up into his final posthumous album, Exodus, is so spiritual. I mean, there's the prayer. He talks about the pain. He talks about his triumph. He talks about overcoming. I think DMX, you know, since debuting in 1998, he, he had been around before that, but really planted his flag in 1998 with Darkest Hell is Hot, helped lifted people up, helped lifted hip hop fans up. And, you know, you just saw by the outpouring of emotion. He was deeply flawed as a human and he wasn't afraid to show his flaws and fall down and get back up. And he inspired us that we can do the same because none of us are perfect. Um, and he's a one-on-one. -on -one. I, I, I think he's he's going down like like big, like Pac. Like he's one of the legends. If there's a Mount Rushmore of hip hop, DMX's face is undoubtedly on that. It's definitely going to be. Carl, what, what about DMX? Because the, it, everyone kept saying over and over again, he had this loyal fan base for years and years and years around the world. And it was a lot of it was that authenticity that just he's like, this is what I am. And he was kind of ahead of the whole hip hop trend with the authenticity thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, to Rob's point, the brother, the brother was just raw, man. Like his rawness, his candor. And I think people gravitated to that. And the scary thing about it, like I remember I was a kid. One of my favorite movies was uh, Romeo Must Die with Aaliyah, R.I.P. Aaliyah. And I remember talking to Kevin Lyles um, a couple months ago, right after X's passing. And he said, yo, X was the same person, you know, acting and rapping and just being him. It's like one person. There's no off button. There's no switch. He's bringing that same demeanor and attitude everywhere he goes, you know, and even watching Belly. That's, that's Earl Simmons right there. You know what I'm saying? Just with a little twist, but it's pretty much Earl Simmons we were watching on the screen. And I think people were able to gravitate and pull 
to that realness, which 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 obviously stuck a chord even with Exodus to Rob's point, to where the Grammys even felt compelled and and, and got him a nomination going into 2022 for Bab Salts with Jay-Z and Nas. So his realness is always going to continue to be a, a trademark in hip hop. It's forever going to live on. And taking it back to the 90s, people forget. Everybody used to talk about who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. After Big was gone, it was really a toss-up between DMX, Nas, and Jay for, right. for that East Coast title because DMX was the first rapper, I think, after Pac to put out two albums to go number one in one calendar year. You know what I'm saying? So he was You're right, because really, he still really, he still has those uh he still has some of those records. Yeah, yeah. So he he, he really was leading the charge along with, 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 with Nas and Jay-Z and gave them a huge fight for that title, that King of New York title. Amadeus, what what's your what are your thoughts on DMX? Yeah, I agree with my brothers and, you know, and Lisa, you know this in regards to how much he means to me and the opportunity that was created for me as a producer, uh, me producing the title track Cradles to the Grave on the movie and soundtrack, you know, alongside Foxy Brown. So uh, when I, I remember when he first dropped, I was like, who's this dude, no shirt on, you know, chains around his neck, dogs everywhere. And <laughs> I think that's what why people fell in love with him. He was so real. He was so raw, uncut. Nothing about him was a gimmick. He wasn't trying to fit in. He was like trying to bring you into his world and even either you rock with it or you didn't. Um, so that's that's why he won. And I always share that with artists. You know, when you are being you and your authentic self, you know, you're destined for success because you're not trying to be what you're not. People right. can see through fakeness. People can see through phoniness. And DMX was just as real and raw as it came. And that's why he always won. And forever, he will forever be a legend to us. His music will forever, you know, uh, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here. Like right. no, you're gonna hear <laughs> anthems that. Anthems are anthems. They're like anthems for whatever struggle you're going through and whatever Absolutely. anger you know you want to release. Yeah. My grandmother knows that song. My grandfather, <laughs> my mother sings the song word for word. You know what I'm saying? So you know, DMX has touched many. He and 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 even though he's not here with us in, in body, his spirit is here. And and that's the great thing about music. Music will will be here to eternity. So rest in peace, DMX. You know, a legend. Definitely. I just, I Lisa, Lisa, I just want to go, you know, and add another point because as revered as X was to the people, his fellow MCs, like Carl talked about how competitive it was when he emerged with Jay-Z and Nas and X and, you know, Jay and, and X's competitive spirit is well documented from even before they were superstars battling in the Bronx on the pool table. Right. But the reverence that his peers have for him. Remember in 1998, when this Dark and Hell is Hot, hot dropped, DMX wasn't nominated for a Grammy. And mm -hmm. Jay refused to go to the Grammys because DMX wasn't nominated. He didn't think it was like, yo, this is hip hop, this is us. How can you not nominate? Are you hearing what's going on? Right. And, and for him to be nominated posthumously for, for the Bath Salt song alongside Jay, I, I think it's symbolic. They finally got it right. I wish they would have got it right a lot sooner. But yes, that sir. just speaks to the respect he had. Even when they were competing with other MCs, you had to respect DMX. Rob, you interviewed, we also lost Young Dolph. At, and it almost seems like a script that has become way too familiar. It's like an artist who is about to really blow and then they, they end up being gunned down in street violence. You know, it reminds us of Pop, what happened with Pop Smoke right, as he was having all the huge success, even going back to Chinks, as he was starting to break through at a different, you know, different level, but he was having his breakthroughs. 
we see, you know, young Dolph murdered and you had interviewed him. Can you give us a sense? Cause it, he was, he was a hometown hero to many people in Memphis, you know, aside from the music, he was just, he was that one that would go into the schools and talk to the kids and go, look, you just, you, you, you got to do what they tell you to do. And being like that positive force in the community, but, but you interviewed him. Can you share a little bit of that with us? You know, what your sense of him was? Yeah, you know, I think I think Dolph was was a brilliant artist. Um, just just conceptually, creatively, the way that 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 he approached his music. Um, I think he was a businessman who knew what he wanted and set a standard. He maintained his independence. He had a partnership with Empire Distribution, but he and I had many conversations about what it means to own your own masters. You know, what it means to 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 really not sign the first deal that comes ahead and 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 hopefully, and what I think is going to happen is that unfortunately in his passing, but at least his children will be able to benefit from the fruits of his labor because he cared very much about his, his, his children. During the pandemic, during earlier this year, he announced that he wanted to retire from rap um, to just spend time with his kids 24-7. And, and, and maybe it was a joke or maybe he half meant it or whatever because he did drop two albums this year before he passed with Dumb and Dumber 2 and Paper Route Illuminati. But he was family ori oriented, he was community oriented. You know, when he was shot and gunned down, he was in Memphis to do a turkey drive just days before Thanksgiving. Right. He was at the hospital speaking to cancer patients. Um, he, you know, during the pandemic, he gave a, 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 an expensive car, sports car away to one of his fans. And, and, and the fan happened to be pregnant. And she said, well, can I sell this? Cause it will help my family. He said, go on right ahead. Like he, he just gave her the car and, 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 and blessed her to sell it. He cared about his people. He cared about his fans. Um, and it was that dichotomy, you know, he, he was involved in shootings before. Um, he was shot at in 2017 in North Carolina, and, and he was actually shot later that year in Los Angeles. So he, he wasn't a stranger to violence. But th this is somebody who we've seen both sides. And, and while the stories get reported about how violently he died, it is important to remember about how, how much of a human he was, how he lived, and how much love he gave to his community and his family. And it was a real thing. It wasn't just a once a year, give some turkeys away. It was like an ongoing, it was a, it was a very organic connection that he had with the community. No. Yeah. He, 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 he was, um, he, he thought about people. Look, I'll, I'll share a story and, and, you know, as, as journalists, right. In this game, like we're not supposed to take money. That's, that's icky. I've never taken money from anybody, but during the pandemic, I got a, a cash app from Dolph and his team for like a hundred dollars. I did too. Like, I was like, too. yo, I know everybody's at home. This thing is tough for everybody. Lunch on me today for you and your family. And, and it was just like- That's dope. It was out the blue. Right. It, it was just like, and so so shout out to, to Dolph and, 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 and the Paper Route team and, and the Kia, um, his publicist. But they were, I'd say that to say they were constantly thinking about other people. Dolph did a, um, uh, a book bag collaboration with Sprayground, right. and you you know we always uh, being in media we get free swag. I got two book bags in the mail for my kids for back to school. Like, yeah. Dolph didn't need me. He was who he was. Like, you right. know, it wasn't like I said that and then wrote this amazing story about Dolph. But I, I say that to say that he was always thinking about other people. And, and if he's thinking about me, I can imagine what he's what he's feeling for his hometown. No, and what he must have felt for them. Carl, any any thoughts on Young Dolph? You want to share with us? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that Rob brought that up um, because <laughs> I was one of the first things that came to mind. I was like, yeah, that's a no-no, but I'm like, I appreciate 
where his the head thought, was. The thought, the right. Thought, exactly. And, you know, I do remember a story that comes up was um, him paying the, barista, the, the baristas that got fired at the coffee shop at, at Duke University. He gave each of them $20,000. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So his altruism was was extremely. It was a high. real thing. Yeah, right. brother, he, he loved to get back. Go ahead, they, they were fired for playing his music in the coffee shop. That's what it was. Yeah. The university fired them because they were playing his music in the coffee shop, and he took care of them because he was like, "Oh, these are fans of mine." It, it that's just one of the stories. That's so that, dope. That's that great. He was that. Well, re well, rest in peace to to all of them, and and we thank them for everything they. Did for us in terms of giving us music, helping many people through difficult moments, and uh, just inspiring so many other people to do the best that they can and go beyond what they think they can do. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now, you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our hip-hop year in review for 2021. And I'm calling this panel the Three Kings because we've got the best of the best here to break it all down for us. These guys know the artists firsthand. They work with them firsthand and they're sharing their most personal experiences with these artists with us right now. So joining me, Carl Lamar, he's the hip hop editor for Billboard. He's also the co-host of the Billboard Live show on Sirius XM. Carl, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Rob Markman. He's the VP for content strategy at Genius and an artist himself. Rob, great to have you with us. Amazing to be here, Lisa. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Also with us is multi-platinum music producer Amadeus, worked with some of the biggest names in the business, everybody from Chris Brown to J-Lo to Trey Songs and many, many more. And he's also an author now of a new book called The Story of Amadeus. And um, that, yes, that's him, little boy with the, the big headphones on. And it's to inspire kids to, uh, to pursue their dreams as well. Amadeus, great to have you with us. Lisa, always a pleasure. Appreciate you always. Thank you. Amadeus, what about music trends in terms of the sounds? Because you guys are talking about, yeah, we're hearing more, more of these pop sounds, but what do you see? Give us kind of like the drone view of all of these music trends. What do you see going on here? Definitely, you know, and, and, and I can definitely speak from a producer sense, you know, just kind of, you know, everybody using the 808s and, and the trap beats and a lot of today's artists are, are giving us the singy and the melodic you know, lyrical content versus just being raw and straight, just rapping, you know what I mean? So it's kind of more singing hooks, songs that we can sing along to, dance along to, have fun, enjoy yourselves. So, you know, that's that's kind of where the trends are today. Uh, me performing at Dre's nightclub, I get to see, you know, the baby and little baby and just a lot of the younger artists and the, the artists that are winning today and just kind of get a sense of where they are. And they're just having fun. They're definitely just having fun. I could appreciate it. It causes me to step my game up as a producer. Being in the business for 20 years, man, you gotta be able to follow the sounds, follow the trends, but at the same time, keep it yourself. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's 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 definitely my take on it. Carl, in terms of the charts, is there are there certain artists that you see winning more than others because of specific sounds? What do you see going on in your world? Yeah, I think the splashiest um, win we, we've seen, which should have been caught on the radar way before, um, WizKid. Uh, Made in Legos, you know, came out in October 2020, a fire album, one of the best albums that has come out in years. It kind of like was under the radar for the first couple of months. Like people were talking about it here and there. 
and then when you know they put out Essence as a single with him and Thames, um, it just exploded and became the go-to summer record. Um, anywhere you go, I don't care what race you are, black, white, Hispanic, everybody was singing that hook. It was so infectious. And, you know, he was able to finally get his flowers. Um, Essence became a top 10 record, all-time peak for him. Um, it introduced people to the sounds of Afrobeat becoming more mainstream. Um, Thames, who I think is a super dope artist, is going to have a fire 2022. Got co-signs from Drake. She was featured on his album. Co-signs from Rihanna. I think she's an artist to watch. And then, you know, Essence ended up getting the Bieber remix. You know, once you get Justin Bieber on a track, you're opening up to a whole different demographic. Right. So I think that was a huge win for Afrobeat. And, you know, I also got to mention TK. She's another yes, artist. That's yeah. another one. Of, that's my vocal warm up in the morning. I'm hey. like, <laughs> it is. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there. In the, it, yeah, that's me. That's the, the crazy lady driving down. Okay. <laughs> And, and the crazy thing about that record, it's a few years old, you know, wow. and, really? and, 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 yeah, it's a few years old. It came out, I want to say 2018, wow. 2017, and it just resurfaced wow. um, and, it, and it became a top 40 hit on the Hot 100. So I, I, I'm really, you know, looking to see where Afrobeat, the genre goes, you know, 2022 and beyond, because I think it has the potential to really crash the mainstream in a, in a bigger way. Oh yeah, Rob. What, hey Lisa, what, real quick, can I just add ahead. something to what Carl? Of course, it's, 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 you guys can jump. So, you know, you can jump. I don't. Yeah. it's so great that Carl mentioned that because I didn't know that about the CK record. And, and yeah. I say this all the time about artists: it's about timing. Sometimes you can be way ahead of your time musically and creatively, and you have to allow the world to catch up to what you're doing creatively. So patience is definitely key for every artist that's out here watching this: singer, songwriter, producers, whatever you are in entertainment. Period. You know, you might have a record, you might have a song and you feel it's the greatest song ever and the world may not receive it right away. It might take you two, three, four years for the world to receive it, but keep pushing, keep going and just know that timing is everything. So I appreciate, you know, you and, sharing and that in call. In terms of that time, Rob, in terms of that timing, do you think it's also because look at when this record, this the CK record, like the, it became, they became hot as we're, and, and also with WizKid, as we're coming out of the pandemic, as the lockdowns are being lifted, there's still, re, you know, regulations and stuff like that, but no, you know, it's not like you have to, you got to stay in your house, um, you know, and people are, do you, do you feel like the music, is, the popularity of music is dependent sort of on the mood of the people, the mood of the fans, like people kind of want to get out and party, they want to feel good, they don't want to be, you know, anything that's too, you know, too much of a downer. Yeah, no, absolutely. The music is a reflection of the times. And I think people are thirsty to, to get out. You know, if you go back to Marvin Gaye, what's going on? That's in the midst of the Vietnam War. That's why that sounds like that. If you listen to a lot of 80s hip hop in New York specifically, that's the middle and L.A. is the middle of the crack era. Right. So that's why hip hop sounds like that. Like, you know, I think people are, are living more free now and, and yearning to get out. So the music is is much more celebratory. Um, but, you know, for me, one of the things and I, I love it. I, I love that hip hop grows as, as, as much as it can. And I want to continue to see the growth. But I also don't want to lose who we are as, as hip hop culture. Right. And, and I think there's this like underlying thing that sometimes artists feel like being a rapper isn't enough. Like the beats and the rhymes isn't enough. And if you're dope at it, it could absolutely can be. And we've seen examples of that. J. Cole, the off season to me was was more of a traditional hip hop album. Um, went number one. 
sold 282,000 the first week. Um, you know, King's Disease 2 Nas is nominated for a Grammy. Wale for Lauren 2, a dope album. Tyler, the creator. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about him. Right. Yeah, right. He, he he got DJ drama. His albums sound like a mixtape. Like, like right. Toy. Right. And, and, and it's in such a departure from what he did with his last album when Igor, when he actually barked at the Grammys, he was like, yo, this is not a rap album. Don't nominate it in the rap category. I made this intentionally. He came back and gave us the rap album. So uh, in, in all of our growth, I don't want us to lose who we are. Drake, arguably the biggest artist. My favorite Drake song this year was Lemon Pepper Freestyle. Like, I just need I just need the, the dope beat. Bars, the, the bars. Yeah, the bars, yeah. right? I yeah, kinda... man, so... Let's not lose that in the midst of our growth. And, and you know, I think we're going to be in good hands because, you know, we have a lot of young, capable and caliber MCs that can do so. I think the emergence of Baby Keem, you know, him coming through and he's everybody was, you know, knocking him for the nepotism being Kendrick Lamar's little cousin. He's proven that he's more than that. Three Grammy nominations, family tie, top 20 record, a melodic glue, top five debut on a billboard. 200 and I think somebody else who I just recently uh spotlighted for a story I think Jack Harlow he, he, yeah he is okay. a monster yeah he is he's a lyrical monster and you know I think what made Industry Baby so fire obviously Lil Nas X he can go viral at any time with the video it's the way Jack slid on that beat and kept it so hip-hop right and you know I, I know speaking to him he also said going forward he wants to maintain that essence that Rob is talking about. He said, yo, I'm a rapper first, but when these pop moments come to me, I'm going to make sure to stay authentic, stay genuine, and still do the damn thing on it. That's fantastic, because that brings back the, the old debate, too, about is it is it the beats? Is it the writing that's more important? Is it the beats versus the bars? What, you know, what is it? Like... Is the writing the whole hip hop the right you know the writing that New York thing going to get lost? I, 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 I think Amadeus would agree with me. I, th I think it's the beats first because we have to recognize that hip hop started with the DJ. It started. Oh, yeah. with, it started with the break beat. So you need a dope beat before anything. Yes, sir. Yeah. But but what you're saying, I I, I think has to resonate for you. Like you know, can we make something for the moment? Like ultimately, like how does a record make you feel? How do I resonate with right. it? Um. And, and you know, I think it's important, but you know, we're not we're not a spoken word culture, so so you need the beat. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and now that the clubs are open, the DJs they need, they need to get the crowd moving, and we got to we got to get moving too. Uh, we'll be right back with more of Speed Soldiers. We're talking about the hip hop year and hip hop's year in review. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. What up? What up? What up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot ninety seven. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about hip hop's year in review 2021. Joining me, Carl Lamar, hip hop editor for Billboard and also co host of Billboard Live on Sirius XM. Carl, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Thank you. Also with us, Rob Markman. He's the VP for content strategy for Genius. He's also an artist himself. Rob, great to have you with us. I love being on TV with you, Lisa. Thank you so much. <laughs> we love having you. Also with us is Amadeus, his multi-platinum music producer. He's the author of the new book, The Story of Amadeus. Amadeus, you're gonna you're gonna hold it up, or we'll okay for, for our TV viewers, you can see that right there. <laughs> we'll post it too. Um, Thank you, Lisa. To, to inspire kids. All right. So we've done, and, and I've spoken with you guys, all of you, all three of you, all three of the kings here, 
of about different ways that artists are making money because yeah. things change a little bit during the pandemic when they couldn't tour, when they couldn't do live shows. And then there's all these other avenues that are open up. Uh, Amadeus, how do you see artists and music producers like yourself? What are some of the new avenues where people are making money, where artists are making money? Well, there's always been opportunity to get sponsorships, right? Or, or, or endorsements, right? So for me, being a musician and a producer, like I work closely with KRK monitors. Those are the speakers that I use in the studio. So I have an endorsement with them. You know, I've produced a lot of my music on, on the Akai MPC. So I work closely with Akai MPC, you know? So it's a lot of different things and avenues you can go to in regards to product and equipment that companies are, will, will, will team up with you in order to help promote their brand. So it's that. Um, of course, social media wasn't here when I first started as a producer. So now that it does exist, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Facebook, it just allows you to be able to display your gifts and talents throughout the world and to just gain notoriety and create new opportunities for yourself. So I really have excelled in a great way, you know, with the book coming out. I just released a book last week, sold out of 125 copies, you know, only only by posting on Instagram and Facebook. So it just shows you how important the and power, how the power of that social platform. media is. So that's, you know, a few of the different ways. Of course, live shows will be performing with Trey songs and at Dre's nightclub, you know, that show money go directly to you as an artist and as a performer. You know what I mean? If you have the right deal, you know, it'll go to the money, towards the money you goes directly and not the label. Carl, what about, what about the way they're making money? Because you, know, you guys talk about masters, meaning they, that the artist owns the rights to that music, right? That they can sell it, they can license mm -hmm. it. So what do you see happening, like ways that people are making money? Yeah, I think obviously with them getting their masters, that enables them to get their pockets way, way bigger than they would have before, instead of a label, you know, slicing and dicing, getting chunks out of it. Um, you know, I'm going to give an example. I, I think she's a pretty good blueprint. And I, and I mentioned her earlier. Uh, I had the chance to speak to her a couple of weeks ago. I think what Sweetie is doing is, is it's just crazy, you know, from a from a, a brand and marketing standpoint, because we we know her as this caliber artist who just got two Grammy nominations, but she's been closing deals left and right. I'm talking Mac Cosmetics. I'm talking about having a Sweetie meal at at, at McDonald's. I'm, her her collaboration with Call of Duty, like she's really tapping in to different facets, and it's also things that she loves. She, you know, she, she, she's a video game head. She loves playing on the Xbox. She told me when she was a kid, yo, I used to love a Happy Meal back in the day. Who didn't love a Happy Meal back in the day? So now she, so now she has her own. So she's really diving into her passions. And I think that's something like a blueprint for artists to do. It's not just getting, hey, the quick money grab. It's let me get involved with a project that I know I'm passionate about. I mean, hey, look at Megan Thee Stallion with her own freaking Popeye sauce and everything, her hot sauce. Because <laughs> God knows she be she be eating them Popeyes and she loves it. So I think uh, <laughs> finding having artists being able to not only delve into their passion and find an area where it's profitable, I think that's just a happy medium. Right there, Rob. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think he's spot on. One of the things that I do at Genius that I don't talk about very much, but one of my positions is when brands come to Genius for brand partnerships we connect them with the right artists. So I'm connecting them with the right artists and getting artists some of these deals that, that Carl is talking about. I mean, during the pandemic, I've, I've done deals with Freddie Gibbs and Ari Lennox and Mike Will and Wiz Khalifa and Big Sean, Shansia, Megan Thee Stallion, Don Tolliver, T-Pain, like you name it. And, you know, I think when touring had stopped, 
these brand partnership deals because of the reach that these artists have was a good way for them to, to, to earn income. I think artists should also look into branding themselves and, and getting into merch early because, you know, you look at folks like might not be the biggest artist in the world, but currency, you know, with his jet life line has, has tremendous sales in, in his merch. Or you look at the Griselda guys, Westside right. Gun, right. And Conway, and, and they do very well with merch. Um, this NFT space is going to be really interesting. You know, right now, I think we're seeing just the boom with everybody in it. And, and I think the question is how much value can you actually have? Like, what can you create as an NFT that actually holds and retains value, not just monetarily, but that sentimental value between an artist and a fan. And I think the artists who start to figure that out will do a, very well for themselves outside of the traditional ways of making money. Um, producers, you know, I look at a guy like Ilmine who sells beat packs and now his beat packs are <laughs> NFTs. So, you know, he's not always waiting for a placement or for a release to come out. He's also making a way for himself and making a brand for himself. So there's a lot of ways to get it out here. And then also the social media too. They get paid, they get money off the social media when their songs are used for a reel or for TikTok or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, it's, so I know the TikToks help drive the streams up and, and there's all different, there's always discussion about how much those streams are actually worth and how much those, those placements are actually worth. But TikTok actually, I mean, you look at a song like Coyle Ray's No More Parties and that was that boost, a lot of that was through TikTok, which right. made the song what it is. So there's tremendous opportunity. A lot of, a lot of synergy there. Yes. So, so things are looking good for 22. All of this and plus live performances, live shows, all kinds of new opportunities. Yeah. We back, baby. We back. We're sure. Back. Just just tell the artist to um, you know, get some leverage for yourself. Don't sign it all away if you can to the label because you know it's only a matter of time before these labels will start taking your NFT rights and and all of that stuff. Right. As much as you could establish yourself before you sign the deal. I think the more you can control financially. Right. And for people Great asking advice. about the NFTs, I'm going to refer them to lisaevers.com. Mm. You can look for our NFT TV show and also the NFT Street Soldiers episode to break it all down for you. Guys, this was fantastic. I want to thank you so much for being with us uh, for this year. Hip Hop Year in Review 2021. Carl Lamar, great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be with my brothers. I'm telling yeah. you, the three kings, they may have to like superimpose little crowns on you. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Um, <laughs> um, Rob Markman, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Amadeus, course, thank happy you. holidays. Happy holidays. And thank Amadeus, thank you so much uh, for being with us. We, we appreciate it. And uh, thank you, I want to thank, thank all, you. and I personally want to thank um, all three of you for being such strong supporters of Street Soldiers and for really helping to get the word out and help people. We've grown the audience so much. So it's not just people who are already in the hip hop culture, but people who are new to it, who are appreciating it because of these shows that we do. So I wanna thank you guys for um, being with us for this as we end up and wrap up 2021. And also of course, my incredible team at Hot 97, DJ Mike Medium, and then my whole team here at Fox 5. Thank you so much, all the producers. There's too many people to, uh, to name everybody, the staff, and of course the big boss, who lets us do it but thank you for what and most of all for you thank you for watching us and listening to street soldiers i'm lisa evers remember use your mind it's your best weapon i hope it's your only weapon let's push for peace love and justice for all